Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi. Today we're continuing in Mesechta Shabbos, Perak Vav, finishing the Perak with Mishnah Yud, and moving on to the next Perak, Perak Zion, Mishnah Aleph. Yotzin Beitzat HaChargo. So this Mishnah is going to deal with various different types of healing methods that were that were supposedly uh, uh, helpful in Talmudic times. I don't recommend using any of these nowadays if you have to heal, your, heal yourself from the air, earache or sleeping problems or swelling wounds or whatnot. However, let's just take it for what it is that this, this the assumption was back then these things did work and if they worked they had a medicinal purpose. Thus, wearing these things, as we'll see in a minute, were Potentially was allowed because it was done for medicinal reasons. Yotzim Beitzis Chargal. A person can go out with a Chargal, which is some sort of grasshopper's egg, which heals earaches. Ubeshein Shual, a fox's tooth, which is used to alleviate insomnia. Ubemasmer Minatsalov, a nail from the gallows, which was used to reduce swelling. Bishimrufua, because all these are done in order to heal, to heal someone. Um, and as we saw, we saw earlier on that if you have an amulet, which was written by an expert, so then it's considered like it's an article of clothing because you're always wearing it. Say the Chachamim, these things have no medicinal purposes. The reason that these things supposedly work is because of the uh, the amulet power that they have. They have some sort of um, some sort of metaphysical or superstitious powers that will hear these various elements, such as the earache or the swollen, swelling wounds, etc. Come along the Chachavim, they say no, that one's not allowed to do, to do these because one cannot engage in superstitious activity. Af Becholos, or not just on Shabbos, but even during the week, this is awesome, Mishim Dark Amori, because there's a prohibition in the Torah to follow in the ways of the Amorim, those who did list, who did follow these superstitious practices. It seems to be that maybe one can say that what the root of the Machlokas here is, if you have some sort of method of healing, even if it comes from a more metaphysical way, such as one of these ways, where it's not it's not medicinal, it's that you're using some sort of, again, superstition, if it works, Rav Meir is going to say, so let it work, and who cares if that's the way what the non-Jews, the, the, the Amorim do, whereas the Chachamim seem to argue, no, the only things we allow for are things that have clearly proven scientific ways of healing, and the way we poskin is actually according to Rav Meir. We follow the letter of mayor that we say if something is done and something works, even if you can't tell me why it works, but at the end of the day, it, pr- it produces a result. So it seems to be that the, the postkim are more nota to allow of mayor and allow one to utilize these sort of methodologies. Now, of course, if there's something that's done and let's say, you know, um, someone says, you know why uh, you, you take this little pill, you're going to be healed because the God of Tylenol is going to heal you. So you can take it. That's, that's no one's going to say that's Dark Amor because there we have, we have, we, we know why it works. I'm like, Actually, I don't know if we know why Tylenol works, but we know Tylenol is a proven method of alleviating certain uh, issues and and pain. So it's it's, it's clear, even Chacham are going to say that if there's a clear medicinal scientific way to prove it, so we don't care if someone else ascribes that power to some other superstition. The root of the Machlokas is when there seems to be an actual superstition, and it does have some sort of power, it it is effective, the Chacham stays still, you can't use it, or the mayor is going to say, no, you're allowed to use it. Okay, let's move on to the next parak, parak Zion, Mishnah Aleph, and now we're going to move on to the laws, oh, this Mishnah is going to discuss the laws of someone who forgets that it's Shabbos, and what, what are they liable to bring. 
Klal Gadol Omer B'Shabbos. There's a major rule when it comes to the desecration of Shabbos. Anyone who forgets the basic laws of Shabbos, they don't know, let's say, that one's not allowed to kindle a fire on Shabbos, and therefore they are lighting a fire every single week on Shabbos. They're only liable to bring one chattis to atone for all of those indiscretions over the many previous weeks. However, if someone knows that the laws are Shabbos, but they forget that the day is Shabbos, and they perform many malachas over many Shabbos, so each week somehow they forget, oh, it's Shabbos, they wake up each Saturday morning forgetting it's Shabbos, and they're, they're obligated and they're liable to bring a chattas, a, a sacrificial offering, for each and every Shabbos that they desecrate. And the reason for that is as follows. Whereas in the first place, the person's missing basic understanding, basic basic knowledge. He never knew, he was never taught, let's say, that it's forbidden to kindle a light on Shabbos. So once you teach it to him, really... Although he did many actions, it was only one forgetting, as in he never knew. Whereas in, this, in the next case, where you know you're not allowed to kindle a light on Shabbos, you just keep on forgetting at Shabbos, so in a way, you have, you have a little more culpability there, because you should know at some point during the week, wait, today's Wednesday, so when next Saturday rolls around, it's going to be Shabbos. And therefore, we divide up the many Shabbosos, the many Shabboses, and you're obligated to bring a, a sacrifice in each and every one. Someone knows the day Shabbos, but they forget which acts are prohibited for many malachas on many Shabbosos. It's not they they kindle a light on each and every Shabbos, but rather they kindle a light, and they uh, do borer, they sift through flour, and they, they, they're writing, they're liable for each and every category of malacha. When we say ab malacha, that's going to be in contrast, we'll see later on, to the toldos, that there's the ab malacha, the primary category, such as one is not allowed to, uh, let's, let's use the... Um, grind flour, and then there's the toldos that be, one's not, not only is one not allowed to grind flour, but a subcategory that is one is not allowed to mince vegetables into very small pieces, which looks like one is grinding flour. So it, what Mishnah is telling us now is you're obligated only on each and every av, but not necessarily if you do the av and it's tolda. And as the mission is now going to say, let's say you do one malacha, but you do many toldos. So let's use a previous case. You, uh, you grind up the, the, the wheat, but then you start mincing ve- many vegetables. So there, or, or in another case, let's say you um, shear a sheep, you cut the sheep's wool, and then you also cut your nails, which is only a tolda, so then you're only, you're chayav only on one chatas, not on each and every one. I wish you all a wonderful day, and FYI, tomorrow we're going to get to what should really be the opening mission of this Masechta, and that's going to list the 39 malachos of Shabbos.